everyone, and welcome to Minute 60 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today to finish off this week is DJ Valentine of Simplistic Review. Welcome back, DJ. Uh, I, I love taking the road less traveled, unless the road less traveled is the wrong freaking direction. <laughs> Well, the road's not going in the wrong direction. <laughs> well, says you. My perspective is my reality. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> All right. So this minute, minute 60. I can't believe I've done 60 of these already. Wow. 60. Unbelievable. And we're, we're two-thirds of the way, th- almost almost two-thirds of the way through the movie. I think one more episode. No, uh, two two more episodes. I'll be a third of the way, uh, two thirds of the way through this movie. So, and I'm having fun. So we're gonna we're gonna keep going. <laughs> yes, sir. Wait to wait to do Lawrence of Arabia when you'll be on episode 755. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> is not on my list. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I got, I got some good ideas in the future. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not sure yet what I'm doing for season three, which is the next one I'm gonna to be dealing with but i got a few ideas and i i think you you'll particularly be happy with with what i have in mind but we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it for a few months from now you know, we'll keep we'll keep that we'll keep that as a, a little bit of a tease for people to to want to come back after we finish playing their automobiles mm-hmm. i'll guarantee that 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 you'll want to come back for season three how's that Ooh, i'm rubbing <laughs> my hands together maniacally now oh yes <laughs> excellent all right well <laughs> Episode 60 begins with Neil waking up and ends with Dell honking back angrily. So yesterday we ended with a quadruple Lindy. <laughs> we did? Did that happen? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> the car spun around four times. Dell came to a complete stop. There were some strange sounds echoing from the car. <laughs> which we don't know particularly where that came from, but it's there. And then Neil just, you know, sits up, looks around, turns to Dell and goes, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> and Dell just gives him a very simple answer. He goes, oh, uh, we almost hit a deer. That's all. Has that ever happened to you? You're from now, you're from Detroit. So has that, has, yes, have you had a deer? I've running? never, I've never. No, I've never hit a deer. Have you ever had a run-in with a deer? Right? Never, it almost hit you. I think so. I believe so. Again, I I now live in a country where there are no where there are no deers. You know, in, in Israel, you don't really have deers <laughs> running across the the roads. That's not. There are more dangerous things I to be worried imagine. about than, than deer. <laughs> can imagine. And they, and they don't usually run across the road. But yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. We won't get it. <laughs> So actually, I did a little bit of research on on deer vehicle collisions. Mm. How many do you? How many in America? How many deer vehicle collisions are are there on a yearly basis? I'd say a thousand. There are a thousand. There are one point two three million deer related accidents. <laughs> I think I undershot that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, it's a lot. It almost and happened it, to me. I was I wasn't driving. I was young. I was in Chicago, Illinois. You don't want to save that for your off the beat. Oh no, track? I got a better one. Yeah. You, uh, oh, you got it. Okay, it, it was, it was real, you'll, you'll get a yeah, second one. It was real one, quick. Yeah. 
You know, shoehorn, shoehorn. Yeah, there was visiting family in Chicago, Illinois, and I was in the back seat of the car, and I saw a deer jump over the hood of the car, and that was the first time I'd ever seen a deer not on a TV, not on like wow <laughs> in my life. And they had to explain to me how it was commonplace. And I'm like, this is commonplace? Wild animals that's jumping in front of your car? But you're telling me it happens 1.1 something million times a year? 1.23 million. This was, this is, this is information I was able to find from 2012. Oh that's probably, maybe less than, but Jesus, that's way more than I thought it would be. Holy crap. Well, it depends on how many of the deer were killed each yeah. time. Jeez. <laughs> Because apparently, I, I I remember hearing that that the hide of deers are very very strong, and most times they wreck the car instead of wrecking the deer. Right. You know they're they're that strong. <laughs> I heard that I heard yeah. that about armadillos. I think if you run over one, oh, it's essentially it's like running over like steel. So it's just gonna break your wheel and whatever, and the armadillo will be fine. I, I've heard that before, but I I could never I would never imagine one point two something million people. Have been in a deer accident. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, seriously. Now, okay. Yeah, I, I found another interesting statistic here, and I'll, I'll test your your knowledge of of U.S. geography okay. a little bit. In what state do you think? Or there there are ten states. They have a list here of the top ten states where people have been killed in animal killed. crashes. Okay. Over yes. I would. Okay. So what state do you think has the most? Now, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a hint, okay? The, most of these happen in states where there are, there are smaller populations because then there's more room for these animals I'm gonna to run around. I'm going to guess Minnesota. That would be my guess. Okay, Minnesota is, on, is not on the list, actually. Sorry, I missed it. See, there you go, my geography. <laughs> really? Uh... But Minnesota is sandwiched by three different states that Colorado? actually are in the tent. No, I you, you definitely uh, I know Florida in the geography. Montana is next to, <laughs> next to Minnesota. My, very Montana's good. Montana is number one. I watch Yellowstone. That's a good show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you all oh, I think you said Jellystone. I was thinking Yogi Bear. You know, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so Montana is number one. South Dakota is number two. Alaska is number three. Alaska, yeah. Wyoming is number four. Wisconsin is number five. Kansas is number six. Maine is number seven. New Mexico is number eight. North Dakota is number nine. And number 10 is rounded off by Oklahoma. So what, what's really good here is, is that Neil doesn't know this information because, because they're either in Missouri or Illinois at this point. I'm assuming right. they're in southern Illinois already. So that's not nowhere near the, any of these 10 states. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if they had a deer jump out, I don't know. Yeah. It, again, it happened to me in Illinois, so it could, it could happen. You don't know. It does, these are, I guess if people are dying because if, if you're getting any kind of trouble on the road in Montana or these places, you're a long ways from help. <laughs> that's yeah. probably another that, reason you don't make that's it. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree with you on that one. And then uh, Neil turns to him and goes, are you all right? And he goes, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not fine, but I'm fine. <laughs> I'm perfect. Yeah, exactly. 
And then Neil says to him, well, it's, it's, it's actually getting pretty hot in here. You might want to take your parka off. <laughs> which which is actually what caused all of these problems. <laughs> so it's pretty funny that he didn't think about this beforehand. <laughs> now, what what do you know about parkas? I have one. I have a uh, South Pole parka. They're very warm. I wore it when I went overseas. It, it, again, again, I'm from Florida, so I barely get to use it. I think I've worn it five times. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> so, yes, that and my pea coat are my prized possessions. I, I'm, I'm a cold weather person in a warm weather state, which sucks for me. Especially if you got to store all this stuff. <laughs> yes. It's in the closet looking at me. Please wear me, please. I'm like, no, I, I got It's 93 degrees outside. I'm sorry. <laughs> do, do you know where the idea of a Parker came from? I'm going to say somewhere in Alaska. Some guy, some kind of research assistant in the North Pole or some something no, crazy like that. No, you're right that it's Alaska, but it's from the Inuit Indians. They did okay. it. It's it's a coat with a hood often lined with fur or or fake fur. And they I have fake yeah. fur. Don't come at me, yeah. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> and basically it it usually is made from either caribou or seal skin. And they, they use it when they're hunting or kayaking in the, the frigid Arctic. They're usually uh, waterproof. And they, they usually have drawstrings at least in the cuffs in order to, to really, you know, pull yourself in, you know, close yourself off from them. It, it actually became a military, something that they, they, they decided to adopt in the military. And... So they, then they have what's known as a snorkel parka, which is a yes, which is a parka that has a hood that can be zipped right up, leaving only a small tunnel or snorkel for the wearer to look out. This is particularly effective in very cold, windy weather, although it has added liabilities of seriously limiting the field of vision and hearing. Wait, I've you, seen this. Fargo. You've seen it in Fargo, the, that's right. Uh, when, yeah, the, the guy... For, Francis McDormand talks to guys show up on the right. lawn and he's telling them that's about right. the, that's a snorkel park. Right. And, oh, and, and okay. I think it's in, in the thing. Yes, yes, it is in the thing. Yes, yes, yes. McCready. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Good old McCready. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I got for Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they uh you know he takes off his jacket at that point and decides to you know continue moving now the car spins around and he actually starts driving down the down ramp okay now once again you can notice that the hubcap is back in place the magical hubcaps have returned <laughs> they're back <laughs> we can't be destroyed <laughs> try try you'll never do your worst john candy do your worst <laughs> Then we can actually see the backwards stop sign as they're they're going through. You know, apparently Dell doesn't right. notice it because he's taking off his jacket. Um, <laughs> and at this point, you know, we get a foreshadow of some very ominous music playing. You know, and, and the car continues down the the, the the ramp and goes onto the highway. And once again, we can continue to see these backward signs, but Dell doesn't even notice it. And then we get another shot that's a shot from the distance of the highway and we, you know, we see mist and then we see two 18 wheelers that are coming down the freeway side by side. 
You know, they're, they're, it's like they're holding hands. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a tandem. It reminds me of the John Claude Van Damme commercial where he's doing the splits in between the two. Uh, and two, two, there's a commercial he's doing a split in between two semi trucks. So when I saw this, scene, I was like, yeah, it's the, they're doing. It's supposed to be a common thing. They drive side by side, perfect, perfectly aligned. Yeah, and and it's, what's funny is is that you hear these two eighteen wheelers blasting their horns. Who are they blasting their horns at? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. So they're, they're they're foreshadowing here danger and things like that. Then we we get another shot of Dell and Neil driving, or sorry, Dell driving. We get an external shot, and it's a great shot because you see the car moving down the highway, and you actually get a side view, and you can see that Steve Martin is actually in the car, or at least someone who is dressed up to look like Steve Martin. You know, he and, but but he's sitting straight up, so I guess he was able to fix the the, the car seat. <laughs> Right, <laughs> he's he's he solved this problem. Yeah, he's he's not slouched down. <laughs> and then we we hear a voice that screams out, "Holy shit! Look at that guy on the wrong side of the highway. <laughs> he's going to kill somebody." A great a, a cursing Samaritan. This is yes. <laughs> and and then he begins to 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 start honking furiously at them. <laughs> so what what do you know about about car horns? Man, uh, nothing. <laughs> I know nothing about cars. I like the ones that make the music. <laughs> that are just not pampered. I know my mother loves them. She loves to use them. Every time I'm driving, it's like she has to punch punch it maybe 55 times a, a session. I don't. Well, you're I, driving or she's driving? She's driving. She lo- oh, She's okay. a very, I'd just say defensive driver would be the nice word to say it, but she does not like if you If the light turns green and you haven't gotten off the light in a millisecond she's hanging honking the horn she's one of those drivers so yeah oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> i was like give them a second to breathe no they're in the way it's like all right just, just calm down it's gonna be okay we're gonna make it <laughs> it's not a rush <laughs> why it's, it's usually just to get home right. and she's very 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 defensive driver so yes i i hear car horns all the time when i drive with her i gotta go it's one of those times when you get in the car you're like okay it's gonna be better than here. <laughs> She's going to be yelling at somebody today. <laughs> right. So originally when they had horseless carriages, okay, they actually were – they used – the drivers would use bells, whistles, and even hand-squeezed horns in order to notify pedestrians and other drivers that they're 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 moving – you know, they're, they're coming by. And in 1908, a young inventor named Miller Reese Hutchinson patented the klaxon horn. Okay, and the class, the class. and that is what they started using in cars, and that is the horn that that makes the auga sound. Auga. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> <Yes>. horn. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's funny is it says here in this article that today, if you honk at a pedestrian, you're going to startle them and they're going to get angry at you. But in the early 1900s, people would honk in order to notify the pedestrians that your vehicle was coming, and that was considered to be a very polite action. For you to do, Not yeah, <laughs> Not exactly. <anymore. laughs> car horns are actually mandatory on all cars, and different states have different uh, laws and regulations based on the the horns. And they basically say how loud a a car horn is allowed to be, and things like that. And apparently, as an example, in New York, and along with other large cities, there are restrictions. <laughs> that you cannot have unnecessarily loud or too harsh 
car horns. Right. So most people think of car horns today as a nuisance, but they still do a great job of notifying others and keeping each other safe. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's the anger crutch. That's what I call it. It's the anger crutch. When you're angry, it's one of the... Lash out with your anger. That's what the horns yeah, are used for now. Exactly. <laughs> and at this point, you know the the these the 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 cursing pedestrian, as you called him, is <laughs> is honking his horn and says, "Oh my god!" and starts screaming towards the Neil and Dell. Hey, hey! And continues to honk his horn. And we, I mean, next week we're going to talk about this a lot more. But what's great here is that Dell just looks over and he sees them and he just starts honking his horn back angrily at them. You know, goes back to what we just said about, you know, the people see a horn as somewhat of a nuisance. So, right. That's what he's doing. <laughs> You're honking at me, I'm going to back. <laughs> and it's, it's funny to me because he's. <laughs> The, the the cursing Samaritan has he's doing the right thing, but there's probably because uh, Dell can't hear him. There's nothing else he can do to save right. him from this situation. He's trying to get his attention, but Dell's just interpreting it as anger. So he did the best he could. He couldn't do anything other because usually in the situation, why did you just say do something else? It's like I can't think of anything else else yeah. he could have done because <laughs> he's saying you're going the wrong way. Yeah, well, we haven't gotten there yet. That would be next week. My, my, my the, I have another guest that we'll, we'll be discussing. There, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> All right. So, did you have anything else for this minute? Uh, I, I the thing that's coming up next, uh, that this minute leads to is, is so amazing. This, this whole situation in this car, from beginning to end, it's so good. It's to me the 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 airport scene and this scene, or the the this whole encounter is so good uh i john did just john candy and steve martin in the car whoever planned it is fantastic i love it so whoever much. planned um, it john hughes <laughs> man, john hughes you son of a <laughs> you magnificent bastard <laughs> so fantastic but yes i i love this and what's coming up is right mwah, all right well the, the the script well, well we'll talk about a few of the discrepancies in the script the script expands this whole scene a little more there you know when they when before they start driving so First of all, it says that Neil is bent over with the locked seat back, holding him doubled over. <laughs> Dell is as white as a baby's bottom, speechless, pumped full of adrenaline. <laughs> okay. Neil looks over him and says, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and then Dell says, you almost had venison in your lap. The biggest deer I ever saw. At least a 10-point buck standing in the middle of the highway looking at me like I was a doe in heat. If I'd hit it, we'd be human hash. Go back to sleep. We're making good time. A little overwritten. I yeah, for sure. For what they did but it's, the but it's still fun it's to like, read. It's great. It's funny as hell, but it's <laughs> the, just the subtlety of the movie is even it makes it even funnier. Just even, what's going on? <laughs> <It's just laughs> exactly. So and then Neil says, "I'm stuck." So Doug says, "Try the button," <laughs> and he tries it, and it, uh, just you hear the whining sound of it. And then he goes, "Keep your finger on it. Maybe that'll help." <laughs> <laughs> and then Doug goes, "You got a choice: leave well enough alone, or risk a worse position." <laughs> Then Neil does nothing, and then <laughs> Dell says, "Good choice." 
<laughs> and then he, <laughs> and then he start, <laughs> risk a worse position is uh, they're gambling right. with your seat essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, then it says that he starts the engine, guns it, and it, you hear a huge fire. You know, going back to what we were talking about, how the car actually was having a lot of problems. And then Tell turns to Neil and says, uh, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Del says to him, go back to sleep. Everything's under control. And then we have them driving on the road. And then there's a, a shot of the back seat where you can see the back seat is beginning to smolder. And then it says... The plastic convertible top window is melting. A hole is forming. The smoke being drawn out of it. Then it says, Neil sniffs, opens his eyes, and looks at Dell. And Neil looks at him and goes, you took your shoes off. And (laughs) Dell says, I did not. (laughs) And then Neil goes, then what smells? And Dell goes, I just hammered the brakes. Something fierce. It's probably tire rubber. Neil says, it really smells bad. And Del says, hey, since the car already stinks, Neil goes, keep your shoes on. (laughs) Del says, just check it. (laughs) And uh, so this this is smoldering earlier. They they, in the script, they have no peripheral vision. (laughs) They can't. They they do not notice a smoldering uh, seat behind them. Right. So those are the differences in the script. Again, it's fun to read. It's nice to see the, the, the full vision that John Hughes had, even though they ended up cutting them off. You know. Hmm. All right. So every Friday we do a little segment called Weekend Candy, where my guests will give their top five performances of John Candy. So what have you what have you got for us for weekend candy, DJ? Uh Number five for me, only the lonely. Uh, I think I saw this movie for the first time as a kid when it premiered on HBO. Uh, yes, I'm that old. And uh, I saw Candy, and I knew he was he was fu- a funny person. I think this was maybe the first time I've seen him be warm and I love him and LHD together. I mean, the I movie, thought that was great. That was a great pair. Yeah, right. And it, 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 it just Jim Belushi, I think, is his partner. I believe, and uh, uh, it, it just I, I didn't. I didn't think I would like like it because I was like I want jokes and it's a funny movie but still there's this thing going on with the the the, the love between those two and then the mom getting in the way and it's just, it's a good it's a good yeah. warm John Candy movie. Um, number four, uh, The Great Outdoors. I think I've seen this film fifty million times. Uh, I, I used to watch it with my stepfather and we used to share laughs. The the bear bursting through the door and hopping on top of John Candy. I, I think I wet myself uh, when I was when I first saw it. Uh, the steak scene—it it just had us belly laughing. It's it. The, we're talking about chemistry. Him and Steve Martin have great chemistry. Him and Dan Aykroyd have yeah. it's fantastic chemistry. Not it's as good so as good. here, but it's. And, but it's uh, I mean, yeah. and it's kind of no, and it's kind of the flip of here because John Candy's like the Steve Martin role, and Dan Aykroyd's kind of the right. John Candy role. He's the annoying. Uh, character, but it's just a good movie. The guy gets struck by lightning a million times. It's it's it's, it's great. Uh, number three, Uncle Buck. I ha- I had an Uncle Buck, not specifically, but an uncle like Buck who I loved, who was unorthodox and cool and fun. So watching Uncle Buck, it's like oh yeah, and then you get to see young uh, Macaulay Culkin. Uh, be Macaulay Culkin. Uh, <laughs> also number two <laughs> uh, is uh, Spaceballs. Um, Spaceball one. They've gone to plat. It's it. Look, I could talk about yeah. Spaceballs for like forever but john candy is probably 
top three reasons why that movie's fantastic. It, again, we're talking I'm about Star Wars. I think episode one half of this. Man, uh, this. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. <laughs> I mean, between well, half man, half dog. I'm my own yeah. best friend. It's it's it's, it's fantastic. Him, Pizza the Hut, uh, uh, Rick Moranis, yeah. everything, the dark everything. helmet. It, it, is, it's, is, it's fantastic. Everything in the movie is great. So, get Bill Pullman. This is the first time I've yeah. ever seen Bill Pullman in anything. So when I see him in other things, I'm like, wait, why aren't you funny anymore? <laughs> not funny, like he's not funny, but he was doing serious stuff after this. But Spaceballs is the first time I saw him, and he was freaking hilarious. But yeah, um, number one, of course, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's it's got to be Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This is the movie, man. This is this is yeah. this is kind of like his magnum opus for me, Completely. for John. All right, thank you very much for that. So for one final time, we have a segment every day called Off the Beaten Track. DJ is going to give us a story about something, an anecdote, an adventure, misadventure, something that has happened to him along the journey of life. So what have you got for us? Uh, my whole life, my sister and, and my family have been teasing me. I've always wanted to live and retire in England. And I always wanted to visit England. I had never gone. And my sister was like, you know, you talk about England all the time. So we won, I think it was 2016, 2017. We went to England. And uh, it was me and my sister. And we were running around just seeing the sights. And I was in heaven. I loved it. So everything look I thought kids, was going to be Big England. Ben. Pardon. And we're walking down. I said, this, I said, huh? I said look Parliament, kids. Buckingham Big Palace, ben, Parliament. All that's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were doing all that stuff. Uh, and we're walking down the street and we pass a road and my sister looks up and stops and she's like, oh my God, it's, the road is called Valentine's Place. I'm sending you a picture right now into in our message feed of me standing by the sign. I'm like, what are the odds? We weren't following any path or, you know, Valentine's not a super common last name. But I'm st- I just happened to cross paths with a, a street that says my name right on it. And I was like, you know what? If I ever get enough money, I'm gonna come back and live. And it was right outside, right outside this uh, this uh, complex apartment complex, kind of uh, they call it a flat in London. Uh, but yeah, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to live. <laughs> but what was? And I I didn't notice it. It was just funny that we were walking around this place that I had obsessed over for most of my my sister's life. She always heard me talking about I want to go to England, I want to go to London, and we just happened to stop right by a sign that had my name on it. It just makes me chuckle because it just happened. I did. It, the odds of that happening are got to be a million to one. Um, especially when you're in England. <laughs> exactly. That was that was a million to one chance, also, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Thank you very much. That that is a great story. I'm glad that you kept it and didn't didn't go back to telling me the deer story. There. <laughs> I don't want to tell. This. I don't want to get into. That. I don't want to get yeah. into that. Okay. There's too many lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, all your stories have lawsuits. You know. It's true. It's, I didn't get sued in England. Okay, I I I, I made it out you, of there. You should have taken the sign. <laughs> I should have. You, you, you know what's funny? I considered it. I, you'd be surprised. <laughs> that, that doesn't surprise me. I was like, it's like, does, does a Tesco sell a socket wrench? I could take this, <laughs> but international laws and you know customs, they might have caught me. Yeah, probably. So I, it's probably best that you didn't. You know, because it, it gives you it gives you reason <laughs> to go back and visit again. Exactly. All right. Great. So, DJ, thank you very much for, for joining me this week. This has been a hell of a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoy this. My, my pleasure. And, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll pick a movie for season three that you're, you'll be interested so that you'll be back for, for season three. You know, with, with bells on. 
Uh, odds are, if we're talking about odds, that uh, it's good chance. Good chance that might happen. Good. good, All right. good I'm, I think I'm going to do Lawrence of Arabia because you suggested it. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, wait a minute. Uh, the, the, the odds have just shifted. No, I love Lawrence of Arabia. It's fantastic. The trick is... We, we will not be doing that. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right. So, again, why don't you tell people for one last time how they can get in touch with you? Simplisticreviews.net or simplistic.reviews, whatever uh, fits your fancy. You can find me and Matthew Stewart, Justin Polizzi, talking about movies, TV, Playing games, doing comedy sketches, uh, making fun of ourselves, making fun of everybody else. Uh, just yeah, check, search us for Simplistic Reviews on YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, on Twitter. You can find me at Trying to Be DJB and the show at, at Simple Tweeters. All right, very cool. And to find me is also quite simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find our website, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. So, once again, thank you, DJ, and for everyone else. Until Monday, you're fucked. You're fucked. Listen to me. Listen to me. You, listen to me right now. You're fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs>